Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to The Incline, your Dodgers podcast for Dodgers talk, rumors, updates, and everything Dodgers. I'm Kevin Klein. I'm David Rosenthal. I'm Ian Nielsen. We're your host, and this podcast is powered by Dodgers Lowdown. And without further ado, it's let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's up, Dodger fans? Hope you're all doing very well out there. We're recording the night of December 18th, so if you're listening on the 19th or maybe a little after, you'll know we're just a few days away until Christmas, so I hope all you guys are getting your holiday shopping done. I just want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa here from the Incline. Hope Santa Claus is going to fulfill your wishes, whether it's some Dodger socks, some Dodger memorabilia, autographs or tickets to opening day, you know. All that exciting stuff. We got a very jam-packed show today. There's a lot to talk about. So it's going to be a two-man pod today, and I'm joined by just David Rosenthal. David, how's it going? What's up, Kevin? What's up, everybody? Happy to be here. A lot to talk about today. A lot going on in the off-season. So we can uh, just get right to it, if that's good with you, Kevin. I'm ready. I'm pretty fired up today. All right, let's do it. So the first thing I want to talk about is the David Price, Mookie Betts rumors are swirling. Uh, it seems as if this is more a, of a doable trade than acquiring Francisco Lindor from the Indians. Uh, so what, we're, what would, we'd be getting would be Mookie Betts for one year as of now and David Price for three years. Uh, and I view this as the Red Sox. The Red Sox are openly trying to cut, cut costs, cut salaries. Uh, so Price being included in this trade seems more of a – the Dodgers will take on his three-year, $96 million contract. That's what he has left on his deal. Uh, and, and people forget that Andrew Friedman was with Price in Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, he's been had a stellar career. He struggled in 2019. Uh, he went 7-5 and five with a 428 ERA in 107 innings and only 22 starts. Uh, he was dealing with a couple injuries, a left wrist injury that eventually the Red Sox shut him down for the year. Uh, and pretty much everyone knows what you're going to get with Mookie Betts. Uh, you know, he's 27. He'd only be under contract for one year at 27.7 million. Uh, but last year he had a, he had a very, very solid year. He had 295, 29 bombs, 80 RBIs, 16 stolen bases, a 915 OBS and a six OPS and a 6.8 war with a gold glove and 15 defensive runs saved. Uh, so Betts would plug in real nice to this Dodgers lineup. Uh, and obviously they, they missed on Cole and Rendon. So I think the Dodgers are going to get this done, in my opinion. 
You are jumping on the ship now. I remember a few weeks ago I, you were anti-bets, it felt I, like. I was, you know. I, I was looking at his postseason numbers. I was looking at his contract, a one-year deal. Uh, but after, you know, the events of missing out on Rendon and Cole, uh, I think the Dodgers do need to do something. Uh, you know, they won 106 games last year, so if they don't do anything, there's they're almost certainly still going to win the NL West. Uh, but I'm thinking big picture here. I'm thinking the ultimate goal, which is a world series. And I think Betts, Betts is a guy, you know, he only, he's only played in, in 21 postseason games. Yes. He's hit 227 in those games. Yes. He only has one home run, four RBIs and a 654 OPS, but again, only 21 games. He's 27 years old. Uh, so in my opinion, if they can get this done and sign him to a long-term deal, this would be an absolute home run trade. Uh, I am switching course a little bit after the Dodgers missed out on Rendon and Cole, but I think at the right price, you know, you don't surrender Lux or May in this deal because uh, it's open that the Red Sox are, you know, they're not going to pay him after this year and they're trying to shed prices salary. Uh, so, you know, at the right price, I think this is a home run. I have to agree with you, obviously. Now, if we were to lead off the segment, we would hope there'd be some kind of epic voice calling this the leading story because this seems to be more of a very strong possibility than some might think. I know some people are doubting Andrew Friedman for not making the big move thus far, mm-hmm. but it's always around this time of the year. Andrew Friedman seems to whip out something. Just a year ago, he managed to trade Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, and um, for Wood. whatever else. Yeah, Alex Wood, exactly in a major salary dump and he brought back some very elite prospects. I mean, Josiah Gray and Jeter Downs are the two very notable ones. That was a fleecing. It was a fleecing. Absolute fleecing. It was highway robbery. Yes. They took on Bailey Homer Bailey's salary or whatever, but they got two legit prospects and none of those guys are even on the reds anymore. You're a hundred percent right. So my point being, do not give up on Freeman just yet. I know there's a lot of people doubting the Dodgers make it a big move because they've been linked to a lot of players thus far in the offseason. We're going to get to that in a little bit. we got a lot to talk about on today's show. And yes, they've struck out on everyone thus far except one relief pitcher who we'll bring up later. I know David's yes, very excited we will. about that guy. Yes, we will. <laughs> but my intuition is telling me that this trade is going to happen. Normally when I have this type of gut feeling – I had it with Manny Machado. I had it with you, Darvish. Did not come tr- true last season with Ken Giles, but 2020 is a new year. I think David Price, the reason why they're going to make this deal work is because of David Price. The Dodgers mm-hmm. can't afford to take on the salary. He's got three years left of $96 million. Boston is a team looking to shed payroll, and Mookie Betts is going to be a free agent after this upcoming season, so there's not much of a loss there. This sets up Boston to compete in 2021 and attack the free agent market, just like the Yankees did this offseason. So at, for reward for the Dodgers, they're going to get a solid number four, probably starter within David Price, because I still think he has something left in the tank. Though upside he has, for sure. He's got a lot of upside. Yes. And then, of course, Mookie Betts, who you brought up. And one thing I just want to say to conclude this little segment for me is people are bashing Mookie Betts' World Series performance of going 5 for 23, where he hit 217. Well, you know who he was facing in the World Series? He was facing the Los Angeles Dodgers. So if you're trying to say Mookie Betts is a bad World Series hitter or whatever, he was facing Walker Buehler. He was facing Clayton Kershaw. He was facing Ryu, Rich Hill. 
Kenley Jansen, I'm sure he had in a bat against. Can't verify that one. Our bullpen, which was ranked number one in bullpen ERA last in 2018. So if you're trying to say Mookie Betts didn't perform, factor in the level of competition because he was facing the Dodgers. I, I agree with that sentiment. And I, I, you know, it took me a little bit, you know, this postseason, the, the, the 227 average was a little bit of a red flag, but again, only 21 games and he's young, you know, I think a, uh, and you put him in the middle or the top of this Dodgers lineup and that, that blows the Red Sox lineup out of the water. Yeah. So, and one more thing on this, Dan O'Dowd, uh, former, former Rockies GM and current MLB network analyst threw out a, a framework today. I think it's very, very optimistic for the Dodgers point of view. Uh, but what he said is the Dodgers would acquire Mookie Betts, David Price and cash considerations, valuable player. And the Red Sox would acquire AJ Pollock, Ross Stripling, Dennis Santana and prospects, Jordan Sheffield and Jaron Kendall. If that is even close to the, to what the Red Sox would accept and Andrew Friedman pulls that off, you build him a statue. It's that simple. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is a fleecing, uh, even if it is just for one year of Mookie Betts, because you're going all in for 2020 to some degree, but you're you're not giving up Lux, May, Seager, Smith, Downs, Gray, Peters, any of these guys. Uh, and the Dodgers are very rich in prospects. And these are, you know, Sheffield and Kendall and even Santana. You know, they have a lot of upside. But if they can swindle swindle this, that's that would be a, a dream come true. And again, I think O'Dowd is being a little little optimistic from a Dodgers point of view but that's, that's what he put out there today. I agree. And even if it's Josiah Gray that has to be involved or Jeter Downs, you make that deal happen because... Yeah, I agree. So that's going to address Clippers Nation at Noah Clipper 2, who asked us if the Dodgers are going to make a big splash this offseason. Well, there you go. Clippers Nation, Mookie Betts could be that big splash. Mm-hmm. And Josh Gitt also chiming in at Dodger one two one four he wants us to talk about the front office doubling down on their philosophy you could understand in previous years but they've got to go all in now for their sake it better work well i think if they go all in with this david price and mookie betts trade it's going to really show their cards of how serious the dodgers are taking this upcoming season yeah and i think they they did they tried to go all in in this offseason you know the reported deal they offered Garrett Cole was for eight years 300 million and once the Yankees went to nine for 324 uh, they didn't even give the Dodgers a chance to counter or match Uh, so I think Cole wanted to be a Yankee we obviously heard Rendon didn't like the Hollywood lifestyle Uh, so you know I think they they're being treated a little bit unfairly uh, in in that regard Uh, you know they have some financial flexibility still and uh, that extends until they can make a trade all the way up until the year and even during the year. Uh, so, you know, there's still, still time. All right, you brought up two of the key signings from the winter meetings. And I want to get two of your biggest takeaways. Since Ian couldn't join us tonight, I'm going to ask for two instead. All right. Uh, my first takeaway is that the Phillies are the real deal, and they're going for it right now. Uh, you know, I, lo- I loved the Joe Girardi hire. Uh, the Zach Wheeler signing, you know, albeit a little pricey, uh, but it sends sends a message to the rest of the National League they're competing. Uh, and then they added Didi Gregorius, uh, reuniting him with Girardi. Uh, so yeah, I think the Phillies had a very good off season, and I'm not sure they're entirely done yet. 
And, uh, you know, the second one is, I, I, I mean, I already kind of said it. I think the Dodgers did go all in here, and I think it just didn't go their, didn't go their way. Uh, you know, I think they went for Cole. I think they would have tried to go for Rendon had he not told them he didn't want to play for them. Uh, and I don't think anyone really had a chance at Strasburg. I think he was always going, going back to Washington. Uh, but, again, I think the Phillies are the real deal. Uh, I think the Braves are trying to be the real deal. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think – I think it's going to be wide open. Uh, it's open for the taking and in, in for the World Series in both leagues. The NL East, yeah, it's going to be a tough one between those Braves and Phillies. American League, I think it's the Yankees and nobody else, if I'm being quite frank. But, you know, injuries happen, and that's usually the opportunity for other teams to sneak in. We'll see how other teams like, I guess, Cleveland, maybe they make a move or – Oakland, you know, there's just it's just a lot of small market teams, and then the Yankees, just the way it's going to be in 2020. Yeah, I mean, the Astros are going to compete. Uh, you know, I think they're still going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to win that division. Uh, I think the Angels are not done yet. I think they're going to try to sign maybe Ryu or Keuchel. I think they'll get one of those for sure. Uh, and you know, they have uh, a solid roster. You know, now they got Trout, Rendon, and Otani. And they got uh, prospect Joe Joe Adele coming up too. So yes. I think the Angels. I think the Angels are in a solid position. The A's are still good. Uh, the Twins, and you know the White Sox. We've we've talked about the White Sox before. I don't think it'll be this year, but I think they're coming up uh, pretty soon. For sure. Well, I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give my big two takeaways. And the first one, Anthony Rendon. I did not expect him to land with the Los Angeles Angels. I mean, I guess it makes sense after they struck out on Garrett Cole. However, I do feel like the biggest weakness for the Angels is their starting pitching, and they've really yet to address that. Mm-hmm. And this whole Hollywood lifestyle with Anthony Rendon, give me a break, dude. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It just was – I'm speechless. The irony, is, yeah. the, the irony is Artie Moreno has been trying to market – the Angels as a Los Angeles team for years now. And finally, they make a big splash with someone that we assume is still in his prime, only for the leading reason to be that it's not a Los Angeles team. Yep. Big irony there. I think Anthony Rendo will be a great boost for the Angels, but I'm still kind of clowning. I'm clowning the fact that he said that, and I don't really know where his head's at. He's really valuing comfort over an opportunity to win. I guess he's complacent with that one World Series ring. Yeah, I mean, he could have, you know, you can live wherever you want to live in Los Angeles, especially if you're getting a $245 million contract. I think that that was kind of a cop-out answer. It didn't really do any research. I I think there's more to it than that. Uh, You know, I don't know what it is, uh, but, you know, he's not stupid. You know, he's got people in his camp who can advise him. He could talk to people in L.A. I think it was just something else that's not being said that, uh, about why he didn't want to play for the Dodgers. Yes. And but he sure looks bad right now. And not my second takeaway, but I just want to throw this out there. The Dodgers, yeah, they offered Garrett Cole eight years, $300 million. That's million annually. Yes, there's going to be a lot of money deferred, but there's going to be interest on that. And 
I mean, I don't know what more you could expect from the Dodgers to offer that type of contract. And he just chose to go to the Yankees for one extra year. And they didn't even go back to the Dodgers to try to counter. There's nothing you can do in that situation. Yeah. I mean, he wanted to be a Yankee. Uh, you know, he was a Yankee fan, you know, growing up, he, there's that picture of him, you know, apparently he brought the same sign he, he brought, he, he had when he was a kid going to Yankees games or whatever. I know he's from Southern California, but apparently he was a Yankee fan for some reason. Uh, so yeah, I think that one was was a done deal once the Yankees were willing to open the open the checkbook. Yes, my second takeaway happened right after the winter meetings, and this was the Arizona Diamondbacks out of nowhere signing Madison Bumgarner to a five-year, eighty-five million dollar deal. Essentially, they traded Zach Greinke away to the Astros just to free up some cap room to sign one of the biggest Dodger enemies in the history of the game. Madison Bumgarner, and it kind of reminds me of, I believe it was 1999, the Diamondbacks signed this guy named Randy Johnson in free agency, and he worked out well for them. Oh, no. I, yeah. I, see, the, I see the comparison, but I, Madison Bumgarner ain't, ain't Randy Johnson right now. Definitely agree, yeah. Madison Bumgarner, not even in the discussion, but I think he's going to be better than people expect. And I agree. Yeah, so... Madison Bumgarner, Robbie Ray, um, Luke Weaver, Zach Allen, et cetera. They have a pretty solid rotation, some young guys in there. I think the Diamondbacks are going to compete. And irony is that if they had Paul Goldschmidt, I could argue they might be the top wildcard team. Yeah, I didn't, I don't get that. That's why I don't get the Bumgarner signing. If you're, if you're, you know, going to get rid of Goldschmidt and you're going to pay Bumgarner, it just doesn't line up. You know, you don't sign a, a 29 or 30-year-old pitcher to a five-year deal for $85 million, but then you're going to trade your your star in the face of the franchise a year before. It didn't really line up for me. Yeah, I don't think it lines up. And throw, I'm going to throw this out there very early, but I think the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to finish ahead of the San Diego Padres next season. I'm just uh, not buying. I'm not buying the Padres. I, I think the Padres are, are, you know, if they can get a pitcher – I think they'll they'll be solid, uh, you know, contingent upon Tatis being healthy and and you know back. I mean they've made some, they've made some moves. They got Tommy Pham, uh, so I think they'll be all right. Yeah, Tommy Pham, a great addition to the outfield, but like you said, the pitching is just not there. And mm-hmm. I I could definitely see some regression for Chris Paddock next season. Yeah, that's going to be their their key. Is is. Chris Paddock, because if he can be an ace next year, I think they'll do some damage. But if he can just be, you know, a middle of the rotation guy, then I I think they're in trouble. Yeah. So let's actually talk about someone that is going to be joining the Dodgers. And we said it when they released Yimi Garcia, that one man's loss is another man's opportunity. Well, Blake Trinan is coming to the Dodgers on a one year, $10 million contract. And it's beautiful. I pounded my fists on the table for this about a week or two ago, and it came true. Uh, the Dodgers made a huge signing. Uh, this is huge. Obviously, last year he struggled, uh, but 2018, he was the best reliever in baseball, and it wasn't close. He finished sixth in the Cy Young Award voting as a reliever with a 1.28 FIP and a .78 ERA in 80 innings. 100 strikeouts, 21 walks. If he can come back to half of that form, it was a phenomenal signing. 
you know, this is a guy who grew up and I think it was Kansas. And, uh, you know, he was talking about someone asked him about the Hollywood lifestyle. And, you know, he said it's, you know, he prefers, you know, peace and quiet, but he's not shying away from it. And that's the attitude I, I like to hear. Uh, you know, I don't I don't I, I see Blake trying as a guy who can step up, not afraid of the lights. And uh, I think I think by midseason, he, he, he takes Kenley Jansen's job. I think he's going to be possibly one of the best signings of uh, free agency. I, I'm all in on Blake Trinan. I have been the entire offseason ever since Oakland uh, got rid of him. And I, I think this is a huge, huge addition. Blake Trinan, yeah, definitely agree. Blake Trinan, bold prediction, he's going to make the 2020 All-Star team. You heard it here yep. first. Yep. I think he's going to have an ERA in the low twos. I think people are going to move on from this whole Joe Kelly thing, and they're going to be talking about Blake Trinan. And yes, he could very well take Kenley Jansen's job. The guy has an elite sinker. He gets a lot of soft contact. Blake Trinan is the perfect addition to the Dodgers bullpen woes. Even though they seem to have one of the top bullpen ERAs, it always seems to unravel come October. Question here from Oscar Vargas at 2 Roscoe. 94, he wants to know who's bound to have a more impressive 2020 season. Austin Barnes, Caleb Ferguson, or Scott Alexander? That's a heavy-hitting question right there. Uh, I I don't think it's going to be Barnes because I don't think the opportunities are going to be there. I think he'll play every third or fourth day at most. Uh, And I I don't know what Alexander's role is with Kolarik on the team. So I'm going to go Caleb Ferguson. Uh, I think he can fill in uh, Julio Arias's role. He can be a long left-handed reliever. Uh, so I'm going to go Caleb Ferguson there. You know, he showed flashes last year. I think he had an 11-inning stretch where he didn't give up a run and looked looked like he was going to make the postseason roster. I don't believe he did. Uh, so, yeah, Ferguson's my answer. Yeah, I'm pretty low on Scott Alexander, unfortunately, and I'm pretty low on Austin Barnes, though. Maybe he takes over as the starting catcher if Will Smith ends up getting traded. That was a thing. But anyways, I'm going to go with Caleb Ferguson as well. I think we're going to end up being thankful they don't sign Will Smith because Caleb Ferguson, I really do believe he's going to have a great 2020 season. I think he will fill that earliest role where he can give us two, maybe even three innings and be not quite the Josh Hader elite level but something pretty close because we've seen it with him before he has a very nice fastball with some solid movement and just last season was a big hiccup I don't know what happened but hopefully it's a learning experience and I expect big things from big Caleb yeah I'll temper the expectations a little bit I'm not going to say I expect big things but I, I expect a solid season from the big hefty lefty from Ohio okay I think it's the appropriate time for the out of left field segment. I want to kick this. Here we go. I want to kick this one. I'm kicking it off. Ian was supposed to be a part of this, but I'm just going to be happy to talk to you, David, and the audience. Mm -hmm. My out of left field segment involves the red hot chili peppers and their old time guitar player, John Frusciante rejoining the band. It was just announced last week. Now, if you don't know who John Frusciante is, he's been away from the band for about 10 years now. Josh Klinghoffer had been 
taking over duties. They did two albums together. Well, for Shante, he's the big one. He was involved in Californication, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, Mother's Milk, etc. By the way, all those big Red Hot Chili Peppers hits you've heard back in the day. And let me just say, if you haven't listened to the Red Hot Chili Peppers and you live in California, I honestly don't know what's wrong with you. They're probably the biggest <laughs> band that emerged from the 1990s when they had their big breakout. They're now in the Hall of Fame. So I don't know if you're a big Chili Peppers guy, David, but for me, my number one song is Scar Tissue. I just love the entire album, Californication, to begin with. Just get started hot right away with Around the World. And it's, it's arguably one of the greatest guitar albums ever written. I mean, I know a lot of people love Blood Sugar Sex Magic, but that one starts off a little slow for me, and then it really picks up. Californication is a banger. I love saying that word. Scar Tissue, very, just a very soft, melancholy song, but the guitar riffs, Ketis's vocals, all of that just flows together. It's a great song. Yeah, uh, I'm a, I like the Chili Peppers. Can't say I'm, I'm super into, uh, you know, music as much as you are, uh, but that, that's, that's good news. Yeah. Okay. So, or did you have anything else? Yeah, let me just wrap it up for yeah. Ian. He wanted to know which band I would like to see reunite, I guess, as a little way of tying in Frusciante rejoining the Chili Peppers. And my number one answer was My Chemical Romance, but they did just get back together this past Halloween. So my number two is going to be Oasis. They broke up, I believe, back in 2008. And those Gallagher brothers, you just got to bury the hatchet, get that band back together. One of the greatest Britpop bands of all time. And Ian wants Van Halen to get back together. But here's the twist. He wants Sammy Hager to resume the lead vocals. Okay, David, the floor is yours. Okay, uh, so mine, this happened about 10 days ago. Uh, you may have heard it. There was at this Miami Art Basel or Art Basel convention, whatever it is, uh, someone put a banana taped to a wall, and that was valued at $120,000. A literal banana duct taped to a wall. And guess what? It sold for $120,000. But wait, here's the best part. A fellow artist went to the wall, picked it up, and ate it. Okay, a lot to unpack here. First of all, how, just how, is a banana taped to a wall deemed worthy of $120,000? That, to me, is maybe the biggest joke I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, I'll go, I'll go tape a banana to a wall and try to sell it for $120,000. Maybe that's what I'll do for a living. Tape bananas to a wall and sell them for $120,000. So my hero of the week is the artist who picked up the banana and ate it. And now he's saying it was part of the experience. He's, the banana was more of a concept and not the art itself. It's just a load of crap to me. All of it is a load of crap. A banana taped to a wall being valued at a, and sold for $120,000. So that's my rant. Uh, I don't understand art sometimes. Uh, and to me, that is one of the biggest jokes I've ever heard in my entire life. A banana taped to a wall for $120,000. Wow. Back-to-back art state. Sorry, back-to-back art segments. First, we got the art of guitar playing. 
now we got the art of bananas. Well, yeah, one been... one appreciation and one just a, a right. of just assault on the that being considered art. Well, I've been caught on the record saying exactly these words. I love bananas. So bananas, one of the best fruits. If we had to rank fruits, banana easily a top three fruit. Would fun you fact, pay $120,000 for one? Fun fact, bananas are actually berries. Would I pay $120,000 for a banana art piece? Probably not. Okay, good. We can continue then. I don't even have that much money to start with. If I did, maybe I'd consider it, but probably not. Okay. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry that that bugged you. <laughs> I mean, just what, what is society coming to? I mean, that's not art. I'm sorry. That's not art. Yeah. Well, it's all perspective. It's all subjective. Well. Yeah, I guess. Still okay. banana. The next thing I would like to talk about is... Corey Kluber going to the Rangers. Why would the Dodgers not offer their 30th ranked prospect and a Jock Peterson, who is most certainly better than Delino DeShields Jr. for a two-time Cy Young Award winner named Corey Kluber? Yeah, well, I think uh, I've been reading about that. I think the Indians valued that prospect a lot higher than these rankings have him uh you know his if you've seen clips of him his stuff is nasty i think he throws 101 or 102 miles an hour uh so i think uh i think the indians just valued that prospect very highly uh and they do drive a hard bargain normally too i think the indians went in discussing with the dodgers i think they want a package uh including lux and or may uh so i I don't think they were gonna trade kluber to the dodgers and and not you know, not, I don't think they're going to make any deal with the Dodgers and not get one of those guys back. So I think, uh, you know, it's all about value and perspective from the team's perspective on, on that trade. Yes. Perfect way to bring that up about Gavin Lux and Dustin May. And that is why I brought up the Cleveland Indians because I am on the side of saying, no, we should not give in to their demands of Gavin Lux and whoever it's got to be for Francisco Lindor. I honestly think when it's all said and done, Gavin Lux could be the better player in even two years from now. I agree. I think it's, I don't, I think Andrew Friedman agrees too. Otherwise I think a deal would have been made. And uh, you know, the Indians, as I said, they drive a hard hard bargain. So I I don't think either side is going to move. I think it's going to be a stalemate. And I think the Dodgers have already or will already shift their focus towards Mookie Betts and David Price. As they should. A lot of Dodger fans are hoping that the, that they will trade for Mike Clevenger, but I just don't see it happening. With Corey Kluber gone, Mike Clevenger, no, he's not as good as this guy. But in the eyes of the Cleveland front office, they are touting this guy as if he's Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, I think Clevenger is a top, you know, a top pitcher in the game right now. Uh, I think he's better than Kluber right now. Uh, you know, I think to get Clevenger and Lindor would be an astronomical price to pay. And I don't, I don't think the Dodgers would pay it. I think that would cost Lux, May, and maybe Verdugo. Uh, and that's just, you know, something you don't do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, these Indians, you couldn't say it any better. They drive a hard bargain. They wanted Verdugo last season for Corey Kluber. 
Now they got to Lionel DeShields Jr. I don't know how they feel about that reflecting a year later, but yeah, I just, I think we can move on from Lindor. I think the dream is dead. I think the Indians are going to hold on to him. They view themselves as a team that can compete in 2020. That division is wide open and David Price and Mookie Betts. That's where we should shift our focus. David Price. If you go on a trade analyzing website, I don't know the exact name right now, but they gave David Price a negative 60 trade value. When Gavin Lux, for example, is I believe like 85 positive. Yeah, it's it's baseballtradevalues.com. Uh, and, you know, I think that's all about his contract uh, and his last season. Uh, but I agree. Uh, I, I, the Indians are not in a hurry to trade Lindor, whereas Kluber only had one year left on his deal because they weren't going to pick up his option for 2021. Lindor has two years left of team control. So I think they're going to find themselves in this exact situation one year later and they'll forfeit value because they'll only have one year left on his contract. But like I said, the Indians are in no hurry and they drive a hard bargain and they're going to do what they're going to do. It's a, you know, their GM is very solid. Uh, he, he operates under, you know, extremely tough circumstances with their ownership being so frugal. Uh, and he's not just going to trade Lindor just because. Yes. Is there any other free agents out there that you would like the Dodgers to sign? Uh, free agent wise, you know, I don't think they're going to get Donaldson. You know, I think that'd be an interesting signing, but he's going to be too Batances? expensive. Yeah, that's the guy I was going to pivot to. I, I think that'd be a great signing. Uh, apparently, he wants to stay on the East Coast, but you never know what can change there. Uh, the Mets and Phillies, I believe, are in on him. Uh, but yeah, I think him and Trinan would would prove that'd be the most upside bullpen in the MLB. Uh, you know, with those two guys, Jansen, Kelly, Baez, Kolarik, you know, I, that would be, you'd only really need one of them to pan out for it to be even, you know, elite. Uh, so I would love if they signed Patances to a one-year, you know, $10 million deal like they signed Trinan, you know, low risk, high reward. Absolutely. I really hope they sign Patances. I think he's the perfect seventh inning guy for this team. When you get, when you only have to count on Bueller to pitch six innings and then you turn it over to Batances, Trinan, and Jansen, you got to hope it's game over for those team, other teams. Yeah, Mixon, Baez, Kelly, Kalerik, yes. you know, Ferguson, and who knows, in the playoffs, probably Maeda, even though he doesn't want to pitch out of the bullpen. So there's one guy that I would like the Dodgers to sign, and he's probably not a name a lot of people are even thinking about, but it's C.J. Crone. Now, I don't know if okay. he's looking to be an everyday player, but he fills in that David Freese, um absence perfectly. He is a right-handed bat. He can play first base. He's been a DH for the Twins as recent as last season. Finished last season hitting 253 with 25 home runs. But this is what really stands out to me. First left-handed pitching CJ Crone hit 326 with a 385 on base percentage with 11 home runs and 31 RBIs. Yeah, Crone, uh, you know, he could fill that void for sure. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Tyler White, uh, you know, after he's, you know, slimmed down and been more comfortable, you know, been in the system for a little bit longer. Uh, but I, I don't know what contract CJ Crone will command. Uh, but yeah, that could work. I, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, 
I could see it. I don't know if I see it happening, but I could see it being a fit for sure. Yeah. If I was to estimate, I think he could get a one year, $10 million deal from the Dodgers and that would work out. Perfect. Tyler White sucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to put money down that he doesn't make the opening day roster because Tyler White is horrible. Whatever, oh, whatever reason, when we make trades with the Astros, the players we get in return suck. Josh Fields is oh. a train wreck. Yeah. Literally, he gave up back-to-back home runs to Springer and Correa, whoever it was in the World Series. Yeah, and, Springer for sure, yeah. And then, yes, Tyler White, who had one hit last season with the Dodgers with his 0-45 batting average or whatever. I'm going to give Tyler White a chance. Uh, I, have not, I have zero expectations, uh, but I'm going to give him a chance. And, you know, luckily they won't need him to play a serious role on the team. Uh, he won't get that many at bats. I don't even know if he'll make the team, but I, I'm going to give him a chance and they can always add, uh, you know, a right-handed bat during the year trade deadline. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to, despite your indictment of Tyler White, which I don't necessarily disagree with, I am going to give him a chance. Okay. Scott Casimir was also an Astro the year before he joined the Dodgers. So there's a theme here. You, yeah, you're they an really Astro. Do, do any trades with the Astros. I mean, especially after this whole cheating thing, I, it's, they should just steer clear. Hopefully that reliever, I think his name was Andre Scrub, we traded for Tyler White. Hopefully he doesn't become good because then we'll never hear the end of it. Yeah. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Do it. Okay. I want to know who some of your top favorite Dodgers are of this 2010s decade. 2010s decade. Oh, boy. Um, okay. Well, the problem is I don't know exactly when all these players played. Um, you know, okay. Obviously I'm going to start with Cody Bellinger. I love Cody Bellinger. Uh, I love his calm demeanor and he's an absolutely dominant player in all facets of the game. Uh, you know, a guy, okay. If I throw it back a little bit, Manny, Manny Ramirez was extremely fun to watch. Uh, he was on that 2010 and I think 2011 maybe. Uh, and then one, I'll, I'll let you throw in a couple names, but one guy I, I do want to say is Chad Billingsley. He, he was a very solid pitcher on a Dodgers team that Dodgers teams that weren't that great. Uh, you know, he strung together four or five seasons where he was a very capable and solid pitcher when they didn't really have much. I think he made, yeah, he did make the all-star team in 2009. Uh, but he did play on the Dodgers through 2013. So that's an obscure throwback name who I, I just appreciated Chad Billingsley. You know, he was a good fun guy to watch. Yeah. I liked Billingsley back when he was in his prime. Manny Ramirez, unfortunately he was more of an 08, 09 guy. That was the Manny Wood days. And then he got okay. busted for PEDs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Number one for me, Clayton Kershaw, yes, it's the boring generic answer, but he's mm-hmm. the best pitcher of the decade. Him throwing a no-hitter was something special. He did not get that ring. He definitely deserved one. He did win a World Series game, so that was very special to see. Number two for me, a guy that kind of had his name tarnished by using some PEDs too, but on a different team, I'm going with D. Gordon. Now, D. Gordon, he was the real-life Willie Mays Hayes for all those <laughs> that like the movie major league this guy could field he had the speed he made contact d 
D Gordon was an awesome player, and I don't know why Friedman ever traded him. We lost well. that trade, in my opinion. And last but not least, Andre Ethier. The guy was just clutch. The dude could literally miss an entire season and then come back for the postseason and hit a home run off a lefty to even make matters cooler. Andre Ethier, Captain Clutch, some of the coolest Dodgers that I'm going to remember. Yeah, another guy I just thought of is I really liked watching Hanley Ramirez play. Uh, obviously, he wasn't, you know, the Red Sox version, uh, but, you know, he was still super fun to watch. Uh, I loved Zach Grinke. I love his attitude and his just lack of the ability to, you know, it seems like he just doesn't ever want to talk. Uh, I liked that, uh, you know, Kershaw, obviously, Jansen in his prime, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, the 2010s, you know, up until – you know, 2016, 2017 weren't that great of teams, to be honest. Hanley Ramirez, very legit batter. Damn shame. Joe Kelly, of all people, had to break his rib because that team was destined for a run. Yeah. And, yes, Zach Ranke, another guy I really was high on. I loved him even more than Kershaw at one point, but the way he did the Dodgers, he just I lost a lot of respect for him. But honestly, if it was a game seven and I had to choose between Zach Ranke and Clayton Kershaw, I'm giving that ball to Zach Ranke just because he showed no fear and the dude did not get phased by the spotlight. Yeah, he pitched real well in that game this year. Yeah, I, you're definitely right. That was a big shock for me. I thought Granky was going to get lit up. He yeah. allowed like one run or whatever. Yeah, it was. I think it was... I forget who hit the home run off the foul pole already. The right field foul pole. Or was it Kendrick? Anthony Rendon. Uh, It was Rendon. Okay. Yes. Is there anything else you want to talk about here on the incline? I think we've covered a lot. Yeah, we've definitely covered a lot. Uh, You know, obviously the thing to watch is the Mookie Betts price trade. Uh, You know, I think it could possibly get done before the holidays. Uh, Things are kind of heating up in that regard. Uh, so, you know, that's the thing I'm most looking forward to. But, you know, either way, uh, the Dodgers are fine. Uh, I don't think they're going to sign Ryu. Uh, so they may need to, you know, sign up a, a bargain pitcher. I liked the Wade Miley signing a lot. I think the Dodgers could have signed him. Uh, I think he, yeah, he signed with the Reds for, I think, two years, $15 million. Uh, so I think they can sign a, a guy like that and still get by and then, you know, make a move at the deadline for a starter. But, you know, Mookie Betts, David Price, That'd be uh, you know, that'd be real fun to fun to see. Very, very early prediction here, but Dodgers are gonna see Wade Miley in game four of the NLDS, and it's gonna be a battle. <laughs> Dodgers struggle with Wade Miley. I don't know if the Reds, you know, offense can quite get there. Uh, but their pitching staff is, you know, very formidable. Yeah, that's gonna be the key for the Reds when we get to all the team previews. I got the Reds winning the Central. I think their pitching staff is legit. Anyways. Okay, one last thing. Who, Mookie Betts and David Price, who are the Dodgers giving up to get him? Okay. Well, you brought up the one Dan O'Dowd earlier. But yeah, for me, happening. yeah, for me, I think I'll start with the major league guys. I think it's going to be AJ Pollock and Ross Stripling. 
Yeah. Minor league wise, I think they're going to have to give up Josiah Gray. And the reason being the Red Sox really want their next ace and Gray is showing all the upside in the world. And Friedman's just going to have to make the sacrifice. We already have a pretty full, full rotation and Gray is that guy that can get the deal over the hump. Along with him, I'm going to say Peters goes because he's, getting, he's gaining a lot of steam. He's just made the Dodgers 40-man roster. He shows a lot of power. I think he's the kind of right-handed bat that the Red Sox want. And then it's going to be someone random, either like a Dennis Santana or Mitchell White, another pitcher to help try to fill out this Red Sox rotation of the future. That's, a, yeah. hefty, that's a hefty offer. You're saying Gray and Peters. I am. Okay. I'm going to say I, I, liked, I like where you started. I like Pollock and Stripling heading over there. I'm going to say Jeter Downs, uh, you know, gets, gets sent to Boston. And I don't really know what else it's going to take. I don't know if it might take a Will Smith. I don't know if it might take a Josiah Gray with Jeter Downs. Uh, but I, I, I could see the, the Red Sox giving in. Uh, if they get Jeter Downs, a combination of two two Jeter Downs, Josiah Gray, DJ Peters, those type prospects, I think they I think that'll do it because I don't think they're going to pay bets, uh, and I don't think they they care or want to pay price. Uh, so, and I think they'll they'll take on Pollock's salary to give us some relief for Price's contract, and I think you know you throw in Stripling and then two high level prospects not named Gavin Lux and and Dustin May, I think that gets it done. Very well should. So Andrew Friedman, if you're listening out there, you just got to let go. You can't keep everybody. (laughs) You just got to let some of them be free. Let them be Red Sox. There is a very strong possibility they become all-stars, but we're playing for 2020 and Mookie Betts is an MVP caliber player. Him coming over to the National League could just rejuvenate this guy. Gets to face Padres pitching. He gets to go to Coors Field. He has to face the Giants, who have nobody good in their pitching staff, unless Gaussman emerges. Yeah, and of course, Mookie Betts versus Madison Bumgarner. I would, I want to be front row for that. That looks awesome. Yeah, I think you use you you trade for Mookie Betts, and you use the money you're gonna pay Pierre Cole, and just pay him. You lock him down. Uh, you know he's proven what he can do. Uh, and you know it's time to spend. I think the, the ownership gave him approval to spend, and I think it's time to spend if you if you can make that trade. Yes, that's the hot. That is the hot topic. I'm going to be thinking about that every hour on the hour. I'm I can't even think of any other trade scenarios at this point. I am 100% all in. Every time the Dodgers trade with the Red Sox, it works out for us. Worked out with Manny Ramirez. It worked out with Agon and Carl Crawford. It's going to work out David Price and Mookie Betts. I think it gets done. I really do. I wasn't hopeful about Lindor, but I, I honestly think this, this trade gets done. Yes. This might be the last incline episode of the year, unless a big blockbuster move happens. Then we might have to reassemble and talk about that. But thank you all for listening. Make sure to read all the content on Dodgers Lowdown. You can find that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Me and David, we write all kinds of great stuff for them, keeping you up to date with all the latest rumors. And then, of course, subscribe to The Incline. We're on eight different platforms now, but most notably Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. 
David, I'll leave it to you. Close it out. Yeah, I hope everyone has a very happy and safe holiday. Uh, spend time with your family. Be nice to everybody. Hug your loved ones. Enjoy the holiday. The Dodgers are going are gonna to do something. Uh, you can take that to the bank. Uh, I really think they're going to get bets. But most importantly, be with your family. Have a nice holiday. And uh, be safe. Yes. Merry Christmas to all. And have a happy new year. We out.